On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this beautiful Monday. It is the 13th of November. Hopefully everyone, everyone had a great weekend, wherever they were in Australia. Of course, if you're listening via Sky Sports Radio this morning, hello to you via our radio network, or you might be listening on the Tab app around the country, which I know plenty of people do. Hello to you. Our panel today, Ron Doversy, David Gately and Chris Roots all will be joining me very, very soon. It's a big week here on Sky Sports Radio because... Whilst the Everest Carnival might have come to a close, we now set our sights on Saturday there, of course, at Newcastle, where we've got a big race. The Hunter, a million dollars up for grabs, plus the Beaufort, the Group 3 Spring Stakes, the Max Lees Classic. So our attention and uh, spotlight will be shone on the Hunter region this week and then next week. We get to shine it on the uh, Wollongong area down at Kembla Grange. So two big weeks coming your way. And then before you know it, we'll be at Mudgee for the Cup and we'll have pretty much December and summer racing here in Sydney, of course, with Canterbury night starting and then that little summer carnival they've got, which will uh, be a beauty. So whilst uh, the spring races have concluded, of course, in Sydney, there's been some wonderful highlights. We've still got plenty of good racing coming your way and you won't miss a thing here on Sky Sports Radio. Our phone line, 135353, if you want to be a part of the show a little bit later on. I'll say firstly, good morning to Ron Doversy. Duff, uh, question without notice, mate, but your highlight of the carnival, whether it be in Sydney or Melbourne, and hopefully you had a great weekend. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Dave. No, it's been a terrific uh, carnival, there's no doubt. It's been long, but um, it doesn't stop yet. We can't wait for these uh, Newcastle nominations this morning at 11 because that... uh, that hunt is shaping up pretty strong, I think. It's uh, there's lots of depth in that race. And the highlights, well, there's been obviously highlights right through every meeting. I'd suggest, you know, obviously the Tab Everest is always a, a great race and think about it. And the Joe Pride story was, was fantastic. And, and uh, I thought uh, Oban Buramai was absolutely brilliant uh, winning the Eagle. And uh, yeah, it, it goes, it flows right through. But uh, it's been a great carnival as usual. Certainly has been. Uh, David Gailey, we saw you on Channel Ten last week, mate. Of course, with the Big Melbourne Cup carnival, we're back to Sky One, and you had one of the best seats in the house there all week on Ten. Yeah, look, good morning to uh, everyone. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's such a privilege, you know, to be involved in. In a magical week, um, Flemington, it's as much fun now as it was a thousand years ago, it feels like, when I first started watching it. Um, so we'll see what the, where the cards lay going forward. But wherever they do, uh, it'll continue to be you know, one of the greatest weeks in sport. And Chris Roach from the City Morning Herald joining us. So Chris, plenty of news floating around, as there always is when it comes to racing. And uh, obviously this week and the last, what, eight, nine weeks have definitely thrown up plenty of news. Yeah, and, and it sort of calms down for a couple of weeks now. Well, I know we've got million-dollar races in Newcastle and Wollongong, but um, before we know it, we'll be at Magic Millions and um, looking at another carnival. But what a wonderful carnival and um, some great performances, as you said, Dave. I really liked your tweet last night, Duff. We'll we'll talk about these sort of uh, uh, races over the weekend uh, in a moment. But just um, now with the longevity and uh, the depth of the carnival time-wise... It is difficult to try and get these horses to peak several times. And it's almost like, well, they're like, you know, and I think Gator references this all the time. They're like those athletes. It's, it's sort of the one goal, one target in mind. And we saw that throughout the carnival, didn't we? That horses that were set for particular races obviously went very well. But then trying to go to other races, maybe further into the carnival, they didn't have that same success, but still ran very well. Yeah, look, it all comes down to, um, like I said, targeting your horse to peak on the right day. And, and I think uh, Gator's analogy of the of the situation with the marathon situation. You know, you can't go and, and run a PB in a marathon every 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 week or fortnight or month. You know, you it's a it's a process to pick yourself. Some some have got a good constitution to go through, and some haven't. It's as it's as simple as that. So um, we saw that those horses out of the matriarch all bounced pretty well. 
um, and really perform over the two weeks. And they beat up the Cox Plate form. We've had horses beat the Everest form, but that'll happen all the time. It, 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 it's very tough at the top, and we've got an even top um, this year. And uh, yeah, you can't win every time, and you can't back up and do it, you know, four or five times over a two months period. Um, let's talk about, uh, and Chris, you hit the nail on the head here. Um, when we spoke on Friday for the punters panel, when we spoke about the five diamonds, which is where we'll start, boys, uh, that uh, obviously we had a, a very short price favourite in Antino at 2.20. It wasn't an afterthought from Tony Gollan at all uh, because he'd always sort of mentioned this as a race they wanted to target on the way home. But you had sort of also suggested that you know, this was the this was the race for unspoken. This was the race that they'd set themselves for for Zoom on Waterford, etc. And we saw those horses run extremely well on Saturday. Yeah, it's, um, I think what you see is if if you you race at that top level now, it takes a bit out of you. And let's face it, Antino had had uh, had run into to a two rack and a and a Crystal Mile before it come to Sydney and. You know that third that third um, week just wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the horse that was was in Melbourne and if you look at what um, even the Darley Sprint you look at that and you've got In Secret and Bunos not just trying to back up after an Everest they they ran very both ran credible in an Everest and very well in an Everest but it just appears the sharpness gets taken out of them in those big grand finals and um, no taking away from Imperatrice she was fantastic again. But she'd been beating up on Group Three horses and group and listed horses in Melbourne in, in races that that have a lot more um, uh, status than than they should when you compare the fields to what was in Sydney, and she peaked on the day and she won by three quarters of a length. It was a it was a great training effort and a very well executed plan by the boys at Tiaka. So on Antino, back to the Five Diamonds, Duff. He was a bit tardy away. Did you kind of feel from watching the favourite that you knew your tickets were confetti after a couple of furlongs? I'd say, you know, coming to the turn, yeah, maybe, yeah, not after that, you know, he still found three back the fence there and he was he was okay, but he was probably never comfortable from the time they sprinted. It would all come down to the tempo of that race. So uh, the horses out the back had none. Uh, the way the race was run, even though they travelled into it so well, but then they put the uh, put the pedal down, and and uh, it took them a while to warm up. You know, you uh, especially those those pair of Chris Wallers, the, the Democracy Manifest and Waterford. That's their style, and they get wide draws. So uh, their performances were great considering circumstances. Then you had the horses like Unspoken, who just got into a beautiful rhythm there, and he just peeled three deep on the point of the turn there, and uh, he had to because he said, "I've had my rest, and we've gone." slow and here we go where this is this is game on from here on in and zoom on a great second up horse who's got racing style um nearly played right into his advantage detonator jack was in a good spot um he probably would have preferred a faster race in his own right because he was just warming into his work there late so he's been great all the way through but um i think very forgivable for those more the staying types in the race, the more the two thousand metre horses. So I wouldn't I wouldn't mark them down too much. But it was a uh, the tempo of the race and uh, the the shape of the race that turned out to be the um, the advantage to those first few across the line. Mm, it certainly was. So unspoken wins. Tom Sherry, good to see Tom get a big winner. Um, over the carnival, get some good prize money. Uh, we had to zoom on in for second. Detonator Jack, as you mentioned, and those uh, Waller runners. And Tino now uh, off, no doubt, uh, for a, a good break. Uh, and we will see him pop up, no doubt. Probably, well, uh, Tony Gollum was suggesting that he wants to bring him down to Sydney for the autumn for some good races. And, I mean, uh, who knows what his programming could be, but even a race like the Hollandale and and, and Doombin Cups and what sort of thing could well be on his radar. I think 2,000 metres is where they want to go with him. So that's uh, Antino, which is obviously out of the five diamonds. You mentioned already, Chris, about Imperatrice. We might as well talk about it now then because obviously she was very good down the straight. Uh, it was a great race. I thought great runs 
by Bonnie's Notches and In Secret. And uh, even old front page, I shouldn't say old front page, but even front page, they're getting beating five by five lengths here in a champion sprint coming out of a Kosciuszko. I might come to you here, Gator, first, because obviously you were there on track, mate. You were right there. What did you make of the win of Imperatrice? What did they run? Uh, 109.08, the last 600 home in 34.29. Yeah, that's right. And she just had the uh, the right run, I think. Um, her versatility is, is uh, outstanding, isn't it? She came from the back for a couple of wins, Mini Valley breaking Nature Strip's track record. And I take Ruta's point, um, you know, she, she was beating, oh, she did sail by Giga Kick, right? But um, outside of that, they're sort of second level, but the, the clock's there. She's running faster than Nature Strip. She's going all right. Then went to 1,200 lead and smashed the clock. Then up the straight, she just tracks front page everywhere, peels out. You couldn't have scripted it any better. Um, she won, and she ran a useful time, a length and a half below group one average. So um, overall, some 12 lengths above. That's what good horses do, though, right? Bonus notches. You know, I thought he could win an Everest, so did the tab. And I think... He was a clear figure run there, and he proved that, that he could have won it uh, on Saturday. Went straight by in secret. Uh, our last 600 of 33-3, 11 He's just an outstanding racehorse. Um, and Espiona, incidentally, uh, her sectionals were identical to Bonus Notches, but just that speed, um, six to the 400, brought her undone back at Tyrone. But she was outstanding as well. And um, a great race. Uh, winner, though, uh, you know, you can't take anything away. I think it's, it's a case of all honours. You only have to be in front at the end of the race, right? And that's what she was. Duff, what did you make of uh, the champion sprint from watching it? I go, you cannot talk her down. Uh, 16 wins from 22 starts. And uh, she is adaptable. Like, we, we saw her get back in the McEwen and the Moya. And uh, then she led the Manicato. And then she puts herself first time down the straight, mind you. And... Uh, First time at Flemington, so there would be, you know, there were, there were obstacles to jump there, and she jumped them high. Um, she was she was fantastic. She you can't talk her down. No, she's a terrific mm. mare. Um, yeah, Bennis Notches is frustrating, isn't he? He's a talented horse. He's a talented horse. I don't, I'm still trying to work out. He went from the outside uh, to the inside, um, but he he dashed, and I thought he's going to win for a stride or two. In secret, was good. And arguably the run of the race again was uh, Espiona. It was her first time down the straight there as well. And uh, I thought she was amazing there, even though uh, beaten. Uh, there was little excuses for her. I've got to give a wrap, um, Chris Roots, to Owen Patrick, Opie um, Boston. I know he's riding good cattle, and he gets on these very good Taukau horses back in New Zealand, and some are... You know, sometimes it's like a you know a V8 supercar racing against Datsuns over there. But to come here, he has had this mare in great positions the last three rides. Obviously, Michael D rode it in the McEwen. Before that, though, he won the William Reed. Um, he's a very, very, very good jockey. He is, and uh, interesting there. And this was I, I didn't understand why the two Sydney horses that were chasing went back to the inside rather than follow, come off her back and follow her through and try and come to the outside. So it appeared that there was a, there was a, little, it was a little bit better being closer to the outside fence. Bella Nipotina was absolutely flew late as well. So, you know, all, that, all the form behind her was Sydney form, form in the end and she just beat them. And, you know, she have to say best sprinter of the spring. Best spinner in the country will be decided next year when they all come together all on their own on a grand final day. Hopefully that'll be in a TJ. There might be a couple that go to a new market. There's talk of um of Imperatrice going to Royal Ascot. It's um it's just an exciting time and to see um a group of sprinters that are even and that it that it comes down to um tactics and where you position yourself, it, it brings jockeys into play and as you said Opie got it right and and had had it, gave her the perfect ride and she wins. I think what it does uh, for me personally, guys, and Duff and, and Gator and Chris, if, I'm sure you feel the same way. Is when we we know how good she is, we know how good these sprinters are, and they you know she's winning by half a length. It then makes me reflect on you know a horse like a Black Caviar and what she was doing to uh, to horses. Now, you can, some people might say, well, she wasn't beating horses like these horses, but oh, I find that irrelevant. It was the way and style and manner what she was what she was doing. And, and I think 
it's in moments like these when we've got such a, a high quality group of sprinters, both in Sydney and in Melbourne, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, how privileged we were to see something like that, Duff. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Look, uh, uh, black caviar's only come around once every fifty years, uh, if that. Um, to do what she did <laughs> and remain unbeaten, that that's just um, doesn't happen. Um, just doesn't happen. And uh, you know, the Wings Black Caviar, we can't we can't line horses up with no. fre- with freaks of nature like that. So these sprinting horses, um, there's little question marks as far as our best sprinters, like we got, we saw them, we're seeing them, and uh, we got your Giga Kick to come along as well. Uh, we forget about him, but there's a little question mark whether our real top liners, like yeah, I wish I win and think about it, might be better 1,400 metre horses. Uh, so they're still right in that 1,200 sprinting mix, but there's just temptations. Uh, there has to be ten- temptations to, 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 to step those horses up, next preparation, not hang around for the whole sprinting series. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's intriguing times ahead. They're sprinting for the money, aren't they, Duff? Because yeah, that's they're, where they're forced that's to. Where you, you know, yeah, but this is this is what used to happen with Melbourne Cups and Caulfield Cups. They used to be the biggest prize money races, so your best horses would go there and run in those races because that was where you could make the most money. And now, with money being so evenly spread, but skewed towards the in, to towards the sprinting ranks in 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 a form, you can pick and choose where you go. As for Black Caviar, you've got to remember, Black Caviar was beating Haylist and Buffering to name two horses. Haylist won, come out and won a, a new market with the top weight and, and Buffering couldn't win a group one until she disappeared and then he, he won five and won overseas. Like, she was just an absolute freak of us. You put Haylist and Buffering in this list and they'd be at the top of the list, easily at the top of the list. So, unfair comparison whenever you bring up Black Caviar with any horse in, 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 the, in the last 50 years. She was... She was just a freak of nature, and while they're very good, they they know they're not in that they're not in that grade, and nowhere near it. No, and, and obviously I wasn't making any comparison. I was just sort of saying that obviously we've got some wonderful sprinting talent at the moment, and we all sit in awe of what Saint Imperatriz does, or uh, Bornes Notches, etc. But from a reflection point of view. It makes you realise how privileged we were to see something like her a few years ago. We've got our first caller. It's great. 13.53.53. David's on the line. Good morning, David. How are you going? Good to talk to you, boys. Look, the highlight for me for the carnival, though, there's been so many good races, was um, without a fight, um, becoming the first horse um, since 2001 to win the fame double. I, but what really I really enjoyed in the, the big um, staying races is the Caulfield Cup. I mean, it's already been talked about that the Caulfield Cup, um, on that day, it wasn't a particularly fast track. If you go through the times they were running um, for all the other races, you know, they were, weren't particularly good. And the, the first um, 1,800 metres, as I think you guys have seen the Caulfield Cup, I've, I've never seen a Caulfield Cup like it. And to see him then come out without a fight in the Melbourne Cup, and another very quickly run Melbourne Cup, which is great to see, speed on, um, quick run, one of the, you know, probably nearly a top 10 fastest Melbourne Cup ever on once again a track that wasn't you know conducive to fast times and just to see a horse win the double it's just so exciting because it hasn't happened for um, a long time and I I think for me that was the highlight of the carnival because I still think the Melbourne Cup Caulfield Cup Cox Plate are still our three greatest races and I thought the three big races this year were just absolutely fantastic and I think mainly because every horse had a chance because there was speed on genuine staying races. No argument. No argument. The um, this I'd never thought I'd see any ride or um, just the training and, and riding of the without a fight in the Melbourne Cup. I've never seen anything like it. I never saw. I'd, you know, you see Glenn Boss, and it goes down in history. You have, you pull those three rides out on the mare. Uh, you'll never see better three better two mile rides until. Until, uh, until last the Tuesday, uh, that combination of that horse and Mark Zara, and the training prowess of those Freedmans to get that horse there, who everyone had suspect through the previous year of probably being a little risky at two mile, and on a horse that was hard work, 
Uh, it was just incredible, incredible the, the way that Zara got to know that horse, and the, and 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 the Anthony and Sam had uh, trust they'd get it right fresh with a limited runs coming into that race. It was just amazing, amazing. Certainly, um, Dom, can I just um, say something about um, Gold Trip? Yep. Just one thing. Look, he's one of the great trainers, probably of the world, Kieran. I think he's great, but he. There was a little comment they made about James McDonald riding him a bit close. Um, I think in hindsight, I think what did Gold Trip in hindsight, if you look at that Caulfield Cup, it was one of the most brutally run Caulfield Cups ever. I think the Cox Plate may have actually um, been the thing that flattened him. I mean, yeah, mate. you know, perhaps yeah, in hindsight. Yep. That's easy for us to say. Um, they train him. They know how he's doing in the stable. And um, he did a similar thing. I think his previous prep, but uh, you know, the, sometimes uh, you know they don't back up as well as uh, as you as you'd like. Is where he had to do the big three again this year. Thanks for your call, David. We've got Balmain Max on the line too. Good morning, Balmain Max. Good morning, David. Good morning, boys. Mate, I've got two for Duff and Gator, and Perfect. then I'll come to you. I've got two for you as well, Dave. Okay. But uh, mate, what I wanted to talk about, you talk about Imperatives and the Abras. Mate, he's won more money by staying in Melbourne than winning all those Group 1s. If the, if the Everest had a Group 1 status, they'd all come for it. They'd jump out of the trees to race there. And all the, all the pop-up races, they should have either listed or Group 3 status, you know, because when you go to stud, the, the Group 1s look better on the, on the uh, CV than if it's just a, a race, you know what I mean? Might be 10, twenty million, ten million, but uh, that's a, st- a story, mate. And uh, oh, he's a good horse, and Paris is. But the yes, main yes. thing I want to talk about, fellas, is what's going to cruel racing. There's a lot of people that don't like racing, and the way they're going to get rid of it or try and wipe it out is work cover. And, and what they're doing, mate, in Canberra is criminal, and uh, that's a big game, mate. Uh, the smaller stables can't handle it. No, you know great. what I mean? They agree. They agree. Yeah. Uh, they're struggling, you know, especially different. I think it's different where you are. But uh, to th- Well, if to you've only the... got 10, 10 horses or less stuff, you know, it's like with the electricity, uh, the haulage, the feed. Yep, it's tough, it's tough. Um, cost of living is enough uh, without, um, you know, the, what they got, the government wants to take off them with insurances yeah. and whatever, and uh, Canberra's struggling at the moment. $100 rate of criminality, Duff. Yep, and just on a pair of trees, you know, how much, how many more, how much more value can you put on a mare? She's hit, she's hit her peak value with Group Ones now. Mm. I don't know whether winning five or ten Group Ones is going to put in any value. And everyone knows how good they are. Uh, the foal doesn't know, uh, make doesn't make the foal run any faster. Yeah, no, no, no. But... <laughs> and three and a half million that she's picked up. Now, I think people are getting carried away saying that she would have earned less in, in the Everest. Uh, if you Listen to the talk, uh, you know, they, they were being offered 80%. 80%. Yeah, of yeah. That's a lot of money. It was a lot more than three and a half million that she would have got if she won the Everest. Mm. Well, I mean, thanks if we, very it, much it, for that, fellas. No drama. Uh, thank mate, thank I, you for I, that, I've got to talk to Dave for a minute. All right, Balmain, what have you got for me? Well, mate, the, the thing that's... Uh, you talk about getting staff in the, in, the, in the stables, you know what I mean? You've got the biggest guys, schoolies, the school holidays. Don't have racing on the Sunday. Let the stables open up. The mum and dad come in. They bring the kids in. Let them have a look at the horses. Even let them teach them how to strap a horse. You might lose 80%, but you might gain 20%. Yeah, you know look, what I, mean? I think that everything needs to be on the table. Um, do you know what, actually, and thank you very much for your call, Balmain Max, but I do think that boys, and I, I, our racing administrators would know this, but I do think our biggest battle as a game is not so much, um, you know, these crazy people uh, out the front with the signs at race courses and all this sort of stuff. It is actually, I think, the, the cost um, the cost of racing. I think that's our biggest biggest challenge is going to be uh, land and also uh, the, the cost of um, training and, and the cost of, of insurance. That's going to be huge, I think, and something that needs to be looked at. And in relation to, um, 
to the uh, group one. I know we've had this discussion before, but um, and I know it will be changed hopefully one day, and hopefully we will see an Everest as a group one, and hopefully we'll see an all-star mile as a group one, and a quokka will be a group one, obviously if it's attracting those type of horses, but... I don't know, Duffer. I mean, like, if we come with this theory that, you know, it's all about the page, well, no one would have gone to Why I'm Invincible first off. Mm. You know, it never won a Group 1. Yes, I know it ran second in a, in a Goodwood, um, but it, it, it never, you know, did anything on the page to start. But, you know, they went there and they saw how good he was in an upgrader. And, I mean, look at Yes, Yes, Yes. Well, if we go by that theory, who, who would be going to Yes, Yes, Yes? But they all are. He's fully booked and he... He will have cults and yearlings at Magic Millions in English that will sell through the roof. So, is it sort of not not? It'll always have relevance, but now is it more about an understanding of form and like actually right? Well, look at the horses that this horse has been around, um, and he's you know won the that is it is it getting to that? Yeah, look, I think um, you know you could look at this Alabama Express. I think he only had six starts, and he won. He may may want to. A guineas or something, but um, you could have got into him cheap to be a stallion. And uh, once you prove yourself, it doesn't matter how many group ones you uh, you've won. If you if you're successful and you're producing stock, and it's the same with mares, you've got great producers that uh, are maiden mares and unraced mares, lots of them, mm. lots and lots. And, and you look at the champion mares that have been the stud, their record isn't as um, as strong as you think. So it's a, we've all been bluffed into this situation. The, the, uh, this beautifully, this beautifully bred, well-performed, uh, multiple Group One winning mare, just because um, yeah. of the blood and performance, that they're the they're the best broodmares, and it's, it's not the fact. It's not the fact. It's, uh, mm. uh, the breeding, uh, but the, the breeding industry is fickle. Um, they like to, they do a good job of promoting um, the black type setup, uh, but it's not all about that. And it would be interesting, and I mean, I'm not a uh, a breeding expert or a, a bloodstock uh, evaluator expert, but I tell you what, if she was to win an Everest and not win a champion sprint, I I, I don't know how how much lower in value is it. I, you know what I mean? Just all of that sort of nothing will lower her value. That's what I mean. So I don't. It's uh, it's interesting, very She's, very interesting. It's interesting. What's interesting, Dustin? I think. My invincible brings it brings this through that once you perform, people that that takes your value. So your first three years as a stallion, you've got a value, and that's your value. And then as your stock comes through, that's that's where you either go up and down in value. For instance, and we're we're talking about mares. Zardozzi's mare was going to be sold at the Tattersalls sale, the, the her dam, and and. Godolphin Australia looked at it and said, "Oh, we'd like that that horse. She was un, she was an unraced mare, but she'd been paid 1.3 million guineas for it as a yearling. So they said we'd like to take that mare and have a go with her. So they put her in fold the Kingman. They get Zardozzi, and now she's back over here. I think she's been to um, uh, uh, exceed and excel in a couple and and non racing. She's been back, and she'll never she'll never leave. But you know, they're only as good as what they produce, and that that horse now she never raced, but she's produced a, an eighth winner with her first foal, and you know she's she's going to get see the best stallions that Darley have to offer. Now I think we've got another call on the line. Who have we got there, Bordeaux? I think we've got Andrew. Good day, Andrew. Hey boys, how you going? Good mate. Just a quick thing about I went down to uh, Mooney Valley Cox Plate Day. Yes, and I tell you what. Um, I've been to every race meeting in creation. Mm-hmm. I live and breed horse racing and the All Blacks. I won't say too much about that. <laughs> mm. Fox Plate Day was out of control. <clears throat> Mate, I had a guaranteed seat in the member stand. Um, cost me $170 for the day, and I had to fight every race to get my seat back. It was just out of control. The staff had no control over people that were going up the grandstand. It was a shocker. You're not Absolute the only shocker. Not the only bloke to say this. I know there was a bit of chat about they had some dramas with uh, catering and um, uh, phone reception. I know they had phone reception issues on Everest Day. Um, It seems like that's something that, uh, you know, and even when I went to Royal Ascot 
uh, Duff, Gator, Chris. I don't know what it was like on Flemington, um, but I know that it seems like any time there's a, a big event or centralise, I mean, it happens even when you go to footy games and there's, you know, 50, 60, 70,000 people, um, you just sort of lose all connection. Uh, some would say that's good, get off your phone, enjoy the moment, but obviously yeah. our sport involves uh, getting on, having a punt, using apps, etc. So, uh, and also to... Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, Gator, but that's going to be a construction site, Mooney Valley, for what, a couple more years now before they uh, they fully change that course, isn't it? Yeah, look, are they going to redo the whole thing? I'm not sure of the time frame, but I live down Mentone Way, and they've built a life-saving club here. It's taken them four and a half years. So hopefully <laughs> hopefully they've got uh, those workers off the, uh, the payroll. <laughs> um We've got a couple of texts on the uh, the text line here, just on highlights of the carnival. One highlight uh, I want to mention, and we're going to continue to take your calls on 1350-353, James McDonald. Now, I know we harp on. Uh, some would say we harp on. Um, because there are some people. I ran into a bloke on the weekend. He said, man, I can't catch the bloke. I said, well, you're not trying hard enough. He, he's got a pretty good strike mm. rate. He can win. But he continues. What I'm fascinated by, and I'm, I'll bring you into it, Gator, here. doesn't matter where he's riding in the world, if he's a... Anywhere in the country, if we if you put him at any track in this particular uh, country, uh, or if he's riding overseas, and, and Joe Marrera very much the same. I mean, look, all our top jocks are the same, but it just seems like James can position himself in the run after a couple of furlongs exactly where you one wanted him to be, and two where you thought he would be. Um, I mean, he's two rides on the Oaks and Derby. I know maybe his Oaks ride was dead set; anyone could have ridden that, but he rode it a treat. Uh, he threw over Romantic Warrior. He threw over the line, uh, the Derby winner, and even on the weekend with the tissue. He just has them in these wonderful positions. Yeah, look, if you're after a bad word about probably the best rider I've seen, and that seems disrespectful given we just farewelled Ollie. But, um, I mean, everything you say is correct. But then you have to add in, I think, what did he run second nine times over the four days or eight? Uh, so it could have yeah. been something. <laughs> and, and he gave those horses every chance. He just found an athlete better. Um, you know, on both of those, it did nothing wrong. It's, you know, I think jockeys are a little bit overrated. I think you've got to back the horse and the rider second. That's the way I look at it. Duff? I agree. Uh, back the, you know, but the jockeys get uh, allowances in the marketplace where um, you're taking under the odds good jockeys, but you, sometimes we forget about how good the horses are. And, uh, and uh, you know, the jockeys that probably haven't got a, a bigger name as McDonald don't get the opportunities he does. Uh, so it, the, 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 the marketplace, um, all eyes are on blokes like McDonald who attract uh, a lot of support. And if there's a little mistake along the way, they don't like it. Um, but that's the business we're in. James is, James is getting choices of rides in nearly every race he rides in. But you look at someone like Declan Bates, you wouldn't give him him the same credence as James, but he's produced two of the best rides I've ever seen because he gets on well with Pride of Jenny. And, you know, you it's sometimes how they interact with the athlete and, you know, sometimes a jockey can bring that extra half length out of a horse because they get on with it. And and so, as Gator said, sometimes we overblow what a jockey means. The fact is that the best jockeys make less mistakes and that's why they win more races. And yeah. it's, it comes down to that. It's not that they're not that it's not that they're better that much better. They just make the right decisions on more more to, more times than the other jockeys, and and that's experience and being in that situation a lot. But that's what James does, and he he gets it right. He gets it right a, a lot of the time. Like he'd be the first to say he probably got it wrong on Zardozzi and and its issue in the in the races on Saturday, but. He more than made it up with it when they won that won their the, we're big race. I just want to point out we talked about it earlier. The Queen, the Empire Rose is a gold race for mares, and that was the grand final for all these mares. So, Pride of Jenny was set for it. A tissue was set for it. Um, they, that was the race they were set for. They get there, they run first and second, but they they managed to hold their hold their level the next time they went out within a week and this backup, and we don't see it often in racing, it's mainly because there's not the opportunity to back up really good horses too often. We used to see from the Saturday to the, the Tuesday in the Melbourne Cup but they held their they held their level really well and that, that's why the matriarch form was so good. It, it was a 
solidly run race. I think four winners come out of it for the rest of the, the carnival, and they held their levels. So I don't. I think the drop off actually happens, oh, you know, where they've where they've had time to come down a little bit, and that's what happened with the Everest horses and horses like that that had had reached a peak and had to drop off. Like I think Gator can probably talk to this better than I can, being an athlete. That you 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 can can back up a really good performance really quickly, as we see with the swimmers and things like that. They can hold that level because the tapers, taper brings them to their peak. So they can run a good race quickly afterwards. But what we saw with that, that um, Empire Rose was we had the horses at their peak for their peak race, their, their target race, and they held it. And, geez, it's turned out to be one of the best form races I've ever seen. But I'd be careful of it going forward because I think that might it might not be as um, big big of an influence as people will play it later later next year. Mm. Let's talk about Pride of Jenny, uh, Declan Bates. Very good ride. Got out and rolling. Uh, Gator here and just you know before the turn he starts to just get this mare rolling. I thought Mr. Brightside uh, was sensational. Alligator Blood was very good. And what did you make of Fangirl Gator? Yeah, well, I was I was strongly with Fangirl. I thought it was it was time to cash in after all those unlucky runs and yeah. um, just the way the the track played on both Saturdays. Um, chatting to Liam O'Keefe, the track manager, and um, he said it's pretty rare to get those southerly strong winds. And and both days, the Saturdays, it was really advantage to be on speed and, and giving that kick. And rare, it just doesn't happen much at Flemington, certainly not this time of year. So. Um, but that doesn't take anything away from the wind. She still ran exceptional time from the front. But it made uh, the task for girls like Fangirl and um, just a bridge too far. Look, she ran really well. Sectional same were outstanding. Um, but, yeah, just um, the way things unfolded played against her. Duff? I was heavily in a corner as well, thinking that, um, you know, the, the other two had sort of burned their britches chasing down Pride of Jenny, Mr. Brightside and Alligator Blood, and she'd have last look at them. So, yeah, a little bit little bit flat with her, but she didn't fail. She went well. Um, yep, the winner's just in, in the zone, and it probably helped a little bit by that pattern of the day as well. But, uh, yep, well rated by Declan Bates. I, I probably could have won on it myself, just steer. I wouldn't have to steer round horses. I would have just stayed in the rail like that and <laughs> quickened up at the right time. And, and uh, But... He was. Uh, he's. He certainly got an affinity with her, hasn't he? Mm. He certainly has. Uh, let's get to our next caller, Mark's on the line. G'day, Mark. Oh, g'day, Dave. Look, mate. A little personal observation I made of James McDonald while I visited the tie-ups at uh, trials a couple of years ago. Yeah. As he waited for his next ride, he appeared to me as he sat in the corner, involved in I would call intense private study. Right. Of all of his rides and his trials for that morning. And he probably does that before every race. He portioned himself away from the other riders and all the other horses and trainers and whatnot and just sat there mm. and studied. And I think that is the difference with James and probably to some degree even Craig Williams. He does, I think, probably the same sort of a thing. Just sets himself aside and puts his head into the work. Well, I'll tell you something about James, and I know this from chatting with his manager, Guesty, many moons ago. Um, James, and I'm sure there's a number of jockeys that are like this, but James will often ring Mark on the way home from the races to you know dissect what's happened. But his memory is that good. He will go... Hey, Mark, uh, in race two, it was the highway. I was on um, Credit Union. Uh, mate, what was that thing out wide in the red silks that sort of, you know, just beat me by half length on the line? I want to be on that next start. That's the type of, you know, um, level of thought that's going. So here he is. He might have won he might have won the Everest. He might have won a group one. But he's thinking about race two, the tab highway. What was the thing in the red silks that beat him by half a length? And can Mark chase up with connections trainer where that that horse is going and um obviously we're seeing it with what uh what he can ride and it's not just a love in for james mcdonald there are several good jockeys in this uh planet uh, and especially in this country that i'm sure are doing the same thing while we're on jockeys as well great to see a thumbs up from hubert last night there in uh, um, hong kong 
injured in that Shatin fall, uh, so nothing too serious. It was very, very lucky. Uh, he was on that uh, Hong Kong uh, derby runner-up, uh, two shell. It broke down, unfortunately, uh, at the 100-metre mark. And uh, so it was obviously to watch. It was quite confronting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, he tweeted out last night, Huey, thank you, everyone, all the well wishes. I have a few fractures, nothing too serious, thank God. So uh, that was great to see from Huey. We'll take a break. We've got to find out what's happening on the roads in Sydney town when we return. You're with David Gately, Ron Duffersey and Chris Roots. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Flight Centre's Big Reef sale has landed. Limited time offers on flights, cruises, tours and holiday packages. Head online or in-store now and save. Sydney Macquarie Park, the M2 across City Bound just near Delhi Road. Haberfield, a lot of traffic on Dolbury Parade and City Whistling down to Victoria Road. Horsley Park, the M7, the truck has rolled southbound. There are delays. And East Brisbane, heavy traffic on Stanley Street coming inbound. Don't miss a fourth tyre free on Bridgestone Jeweler SUV or 4x4 tyres. Hurry, ends Friday. Conditions apply. Book now at Bridgestone Select Tire and Auto. I'm Ian Wallace. That's traffic on Sky Sports Radio. At Drummond Golf, we understand your passion. Nice roll. And that's because every Drummond Golf store is owned and run by a local who loves the game as much as you do. Yeah, it's come off the face really well. Someone who knows where you play and what you need. Oh, yeah. Looking good. With Australia's biggest range and expert knowledge. Great. Now let's try that putter with this grip. So if you want to improve your game, see your local expert at Drummond Golf. Introducing the Kia Nero, available as a hybrid or full electric model. This SUV is smarter than your average car, featuring Kia Connect technology. Take control of your Nero with your smartphone. Cold out? Turn up the heat before you get in. Forgot where you parked? Relax, the app will lead the way. The Kia Nero in hybrid or all-electric. It's smarter than your average car. Kia, movement that inspires. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is 9.48 on Sky Sports Radio. Punter's Postmortem, Ron Doversy, Chris Roots, and also David Gately. Uh, Gator, I'll bring you back in here, mate, because... We spoke about uh, a tissue uh, briefly in the champion stakes. G. Jewis has had a really good preparation, just hasn't been able to land one. And Young Werther runs third there in that 10 furlong race at Flemington on Saturday. Yeah, that's right. A tissue's run on on the Saturday. We were chatting to Glen Boss Derby Day. It was a Saturday week. And um, she spotted prior to Jenny some, had to be 18 lengths at one point. We were just chatting. I I think it's the run of the month. Uh, she comes, I think she heads to the matriarch, she's the bet of the century. They go to the champion stakes, I thought, well, she, she can't, uh, she can't beat West Wind Blows probably, or an even Zaki and, and maybe Jewess, but, um, she did it and she beat the pattern of the day doing it too. So a good strong speed helped her. They went a length above group one average and she weaved through, um, and was too strong. So, you know, a proper group one horse, Jewess was very good. Would have been a nice fairy tale for Ollie, obviously, but she had her chance. The tissue just went by her. Simple as that, and young words have probably showed uh, that the Cox Plate brought a few of them undone because he went by Zaki late in that race as well. So that's the way I saw the race. Time good, uh, a tick above Group One average. Yep, it's um, McDonald may we've been gushing about him this morning, but he may have made a mistake the week before. I know it was only a mile the week before, but he may have been just a little bit lackadaisical getting too far back there. Yet. He he kept her he kept her interested even though you know well back but nowhere near as well back the other on Saturday so it's a it's a classic case of learning from a little mistake the week before and uh, redeeming yourself. Yeah, he, beautiful. He went, he went. He was probably a pair too far back, and I don't think he realised how far Pride Jetty had got away from him in the Empire Rose. But on the turn, he just he just loomed up, and when he was with, within. She was within three or four lengths of them. You knew that she had a lot to give, and she just was still on the bridle when she went past them. We've got another call on the line. Mark's on the line. G'day, Mark. G'day, Dave. G'day, boys. How are we? Very good, mate. Mate, I want to ask Dave about a horse that won at Geelong on Saturday called Vibrant Sun. Won the maiden over 1,700 metres. Mid-price Michael Kent Jr. 
horse having only its third start. The reason why I'm asking about this horse is his previous start was a very good second behind Roll On High, who then came out and won the Desirable last Tuesday. So I'm asking whether you saw its run run second to Roll On High, and have you happened to see the, the win of the maze on Saturday at Geelong, mate? Um, I that, had... Yeah, it was I, for, I think it was, for, it was for Gator. Yeah, for Gator. Were you watching, uh, were you watching Geelong Saturday Gator, or did look, Eddie let you have the screen on Sky One, or are you, <laughs> were you fixed there with um, uh, with Channel 10? I had a run at Geelong, so I saw one race. Um, and we didn't clash with Vibrant Sun, luckily, because I see it one by eight. That's all I can tell you. I haven't, um, I haven't seen the clock or any replays from that, but look, it's on the list. It's on the list. He's yeah. got a big list too, Mark. <laughs> yeah, no, one, one by eight lengths, but there was a horse that went out with about an eight lengths lead. It, run and, it ran second. It collapsed at the 400 metres and just put the eight lengths on it. But the run against Roland High, now two starts Roland High's had before it won that race, uh, the, the main, it came back back from last in the field and, and got our mate. This thing sat behind uh, Vibrant Sun, Roland High sat behind Vibrant Sun, like a length and a half. And got beat and, and beat by three lengths, and then they obviously went to give it a kill at the, the seventeen hundred metres. And I like the fact they went from fourteen hundred metres to a seventeen hundred metres and still won by eight lengths and run faster time than the other. The benchmark fifty eight over the same distance. So just something for you to have a look at when you when you watch the replays, mate. Well, we might see it on Saturday. Maybe um, I know it'd be coming back hundred metres, but it is nommed. For a thousand guineas, uh, which is on the eighteenth of November, uh, very interesting. Hmm. Yeah, just looking at it, it um, did run fast, point eight seconds faster than the benchmark race winning a maiden, and it's by the Autumn Sun. So, yeah, I'll keep an eye on it, Mark. You, you can find you know one what? out wide. He can, he can find one. I might even ask. I know Tanya uh, is there in the production studio. I might get Tanya to ring. Mick Kent Jr. We won't put him Mick Kent Jr. on air, but we'll just ask that filly, uh, vibrant son, where does she head next? Because if she is going to the thousand guineas, she's fifty one dollars and thirteen fifty. In that particular race, we've got Skybird favoured at three fifty, uh, Arctic Glamour at eight dollars as well in that thousand guineas on Saturday. They've obviously moved that you know, around that carnival around, and so that means we'll obviously have the Hunter on the weekend plus the thousand guineas. So again, a, a good little double header there for for people to punt into, which is very interesting. But I might get um, Tanya to ring Mick Kent Jr. The vibrant sun is its name, Duff. Yeah, and um, when um, it did run uh, behind Roll On High, Roll On High obviously come out of that race and won the desirable there mm. um, uh, since with a, an impressive win. So maybe it's all too soon, but um, if it does run it, it'd add a bit of interest. Now, uh, two-year-olds. Is Shangri-La Express the best two-year-old you've seen thus far this season, Duff? Uh, well, I'd say in Sydney by 100 yards. Um, like The second horse in that race showed up that uh, other horse from Melbourne might be pretty good as well, uh, Ruta Royale, um, who uh, bowled Bastille, I think. Uh, it would run behind the stable, mate, there. So... Uh, if you want to line those two horses up, Shangri-La Express and Ruta Royale, who was beaten five lengths by Bol Bastille, I think Bol Bastille has to be uh, kept a, a very close eye on. Mm. Uh, what did you make of uh, the two-year-old Ruta? Yeah, just natural, isn't it? Jump, run, lead, win. It's um, pretty easy. pretty easy combination. Typical Tullock Lodge two-year-old, ready-made. They've obviously had a big opinion of it all the way through. Just want to give uh, Regan Bayless a, a wrap. He's, he's only just had over 100 rides for the season. Everyone's talking about how James McDonald's flying, winning million-dollar races. He's won $3 million race and a million-dollar race there. He's earned as much prize money in three months this season as he almost earned last season. And Regan's just doing a great job. When he gets on the right horses, you, you don't need to be afraid of backing Regan Bayless. And he doesn't get the opportunity his, his talent deserves. And... He's always at track work. He, he works hard. You know, I know he rides work for a number of Ramwick stables. And, you know, you'd love to see him get a few more opportunities because he just did everything right on that horse and has, has got it through. And he was probably a little bit lucky to get on it because I think Adam Hyronis was on it in the trial and had to go to Melbourne. 
Gay and Adrian stuck with him, and he's he's done the job, and you know he's looking for a house, so he's got a bit more to put on the deposit after after that. Certainly does. Now, our next call there, Boydo. I think we've got on the line on Putters Post Mortem thirteen fifty three fifty three. Who have we got there, Grant? Michael. Good day, Michael. Good morning, boys. Just a quick thing. Sunline won at Rose Hill, second start Australia, ran a fast time ever. So you think when second start Rose Hill, they ran one eight eight or something. That prior to Jenny ran in a sprint. Right, this shape, what I'm saying, Shangri likes best. Second start Rose Hill will win the slipper. That's all I've got to say. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. You heard, it here. you heard it here first. There you go. Just a comment. I like it. Very good. Uh, let's get to Jeff now. Good morning, Jeff. How you going, mate? Very good, mate. Um, just a question for Duff or Root. I a horse one on the weekend, Roots. Um, thought it was a good win. I just wonder if they know where it's going next. Um, I don't know whether she stays up um, for a race like the Gong. I'm not sure. I think that would be the only race, I think, left for her, unless they want to just hang around for the Ingham, or that's, that's waiting a little bit too long into the spring. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% sure of... A percent sure, but considering it's named after you, Chris, I'm so, sure you uh, know yeah. where it's going, the whole program. <laughs> You've, mapped out, you? <laughs> You've mapped it I've out, haven't you? You've mapped it out. I've never tried to second-guess Chris Waller, but um, she's now a Group 2 winner, so I always thought Chris was a good trainer, but to get me to win a Group 2, he's, he must be an absolute genius. Um, he, um, She's just a, a ripping mare, and they've held the blinkers back on her, and listening to Tommy after the race, he suggested them, and she was dominant when she went there on Saturday. She she um, went through a gears and won the Group 2. And it's going to rate pretty well the race because it's got a Group 1 winner running fourth. And I think Cordai eventually is going to get to that uh, 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 stakes, uh, has a stakes win left in her. She's probably now got to find a Group 1. So do you go for a spell and look to Coolmores and things like that? Because she's starting to get up in the ratings where a race like that's going to make be a bit mm. difficult and she has run second in the tiara i think seven is a, probably a best trip so it'll just be about whether how they place her and you know i don't think she's sharp enough at 1200 meters to go for the really good horses so there's a few races around 1500 and a mile that she could go to and um i know that they were keen to keep going for this season and maybe even next next with her but the way her record's going and just to add to it, the, um, the the partnership that was in her, the original owner, has actually sold out of her now. So Seamus Mills and the team have got a lot of her and uh, they'll make a few decisions on, you know, be looking at stallions and things like that. She won't go this year, but she'll probably go next and we'll get to see little rooters all around the, around the country, hopefully. Hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully, yes. Oh, what a thought. <laughs> now... Uh... One of your best, Chris, honestly. Yeah. Christmas highlights. Uh, what about the matriarch? Uh, Deny Knowledge Gator wins by a pimple. Uh, Amon Kura, it, um, he was out the back, Ollie, and she's obviously a very talented uh, talented mare. We've seen what she did up there in Queensland, and she was very good in the angst. And she, you know, another what, another furlong, and she wins. Uh, so she's warming up late, Amon Kura. Uh, and even the Kiwi uh, Pearl of um, Orsus was pretty good. But this deny knowledge, it has to be the go of the carnival because they just kept backing and it kept firming and firming and firming and firming. Uh, and they've got it dead set right, as I said, by a pimple. Yeah, that's it. You only have to be in front at the end of the race, right? So um, job done. I mean, punters are well and truly onto the pattern by race five, uh, day four. Um, with the wins, they knew she'd lead. So... Big money came for her, and they were, they were right. Osmos sat up second, came through the same form line as Philosophile and Co, and wished all last behind that Group 1 form, and chased hard, just missed. Amakura, best run in the race by a mile, gave them all weight, mile back, did save the ground inside in an inside, you know, dominated um, race and day. Uh, but uh, I don't know about a furlong, probably need another 12 metres. <laughs> she beats them, and they put four lengths on the rest of the field. Pearl Alsace was okay, beaten a long way but just came wide in a race where you couldn't be out there all right we'll take a quick break it's 10 o'clock when we come back horses to follow
Racing Under Lights is back at Canterbury Park. The weekend starts here with food markets and free kids entertainment. Kia Friday Night Racing, opening night on November 17. Entry is free. Find out more at theracers.com.au. Heavy track today. Who are you thinking? Mm, not vibing risky lettuce. Getting sinker vibes. Risky name. Feels risky. Yeah, right. Though, says on the tab app she's firming. Ah. Don't just vibe it. Get expert tips and sky racing analysis in Tab's new race feed. Yeah, actually, I'm getting swimmer vibes. Going with her. Of course you are. Tab, we're on. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. It's savings all the way today at Target with 30% off all quilt covers. Shop in store, online or via the Target app. Today only, T's and C's apply. See online and in store for details. Sydney, Macquarie Park, the M2 across Citybound near Delo Road. Traffic slow from the Main Cove Tunnel. Horsley Park, the M7 truck on its side southbound just past the Horsley Drive. Delays from Rooty Hill and Brisbane. Eight-mile plains, heavy traffic on the Gateway Motorway going northbound. The BMW sale event has been extended until this Friday. Don't miss your opportunity for an exceptional offer across select new BMW models at your local BMW dealer. I'm Ian Wallace. That's traffic on Sky Sports Radio. Don't just get a forklift. Get a Toyota forklift. Right now, Toyota Material Handling is having a massive clear-out of 2022 and 23 plated forklifts. Score great deals across a selected range of new Toyota forklifts currently in stock. Counterbalance and reach forklifts, walkie stackers and more. So if it's 22 or 23 plated, get a great Toyota forklift deal. Visit toyotamaterialhandling.com.au Get a Toyota Season C's apply. Offer ends December 31. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. All right. Welcome back to the program. I know we've got a little bit over, uh, boys, but uh, Tanya, uh, one of our gun producers, has delivered for us in spades. Now, we have Mark bring up before, and Mark can find something left field. Uh, Vibrant Sun won a race on Saturday at Geelong over the 1700. It was just a maiden, but it won quite impressively. Now, we've been on the phone this morning. Well, Tanya's been on the phone with Mick Kent Jr. Uh, Will back up in the 1,000 guineas. Damien Oliver booked to ride. So, was $51, is now $26. So, someone out there... So, you've had your bet, now you're telling us. Listening. No, I'm not on. <laughs> I'm not on. But, um, and we'd want to be good to beat Ryan's uh, frosted filly. But, yes, there you go. Uh, so, Vibrant Sun, $26 is locked in, though, uh, to run on Saturday. That 1,000 guineas, obviously, has just changed this year, hasn't it, Gator? It obviously was during the, the Caulfield Cup Carnival. They pushed it back, though, and um, it's going to attract a different style of field. Yeah, indeed. And it looks, um, obviously, it's uh, in its embryonic stages, so a few bagging it, but that's just the way Aussies operate. Let's wait and see a couple of years before... Uh, before we start seeing off. And what it has done is just a, a few of these horses, like Roland by Environment, they're just emerging really late uh, into the race. And um, they'll certainly... Um, it's a, I think it'll be a terrific race, looking at the the, um, those, the likely fields, which I've seen. Um, so, yeah, let's before we bag it, let's have a look at it. And, and some, some really exciting and promising fillies uh, set to be engaged. Yeah, Skybird, obviously, is favourite at this stage. Yep. That is an all-in market, so 350 um, Cua Volante at $4. Arctic Glamour at $8. I know she did fail up here in the calendar Presnell, uh, but um, they're pressing on, and she's obviously... When we spoke with Sterling last week, Duff, uh, he actually let us know that a lot of the Ryan horses on a Thursday will actually head the Melbourne way. They'll either trot and canter or have a, a little light gallop, and they'll go that opposite direction. They do that anyway, whether they're going to Melbourne or not. That's just what they do. So she's quite all right going around that other way. Uh, yeah, a lot of trainers do that now with the, the a lot better training facilities and t- different tracks. They'll have different mornings where you can go the other way around. So, um, yeah, but, uh, I think that's in Australia. Well, I know they do it in Melbourne as well. So they, they just educate them early on just to go get on the right leg both ways around. Now, we need some horses to follow, gents. What are we backing? Start with you, Duff. Uh, look, I'm looking towards the lower benchmark horses. I think uh, uh, out of the highway... Unrelenting is ready to win one of these highways, so I see maybe there's one at Kembla at 1400. It looks suitable. Um, 
looking towards the midway horses. There's a, a 1400 midway 72 on Kembler. I think maybe Cuban Granchino, Chico, uh, might be the horse for that on his home track. And not a bad filly, Trafalgar Square. She did all the work in that golden gift. And uh, her trials prior were pretty good. I think she's talented. Gator, what are you backing, mate? Uh, just a quick one on Jolie Star. She actually ran second to Roland High in the Desirable Stakes. Cup day, she was terrific. In a swoopers race, she was back with the winner. They were both uh, excellent sectionals. Very good time of the race, good. So it'd be interesting to see how they line up. And um, just a quick one on Antino. It did pull up lame. If we, you know, we can't totally put the pen to his run on Saturday either. Um, oh, I better give you these since it's midday. Bonus notches, Alonso <laughs> and Von Hawk. And Chris Roots, what are we backing, mate? Yeah, I thought um, Miss Hellfire, very good, ran great last session. She was just chasing the runaway leader there, and I think she'll just step up in the next couple of couple of weeks for a, for another win. I thought uh, the win of Shadows of Love was outstanding. Tommy Berry's right on that. You have a look at the chopper shot of it. You get some um, some ability to appreciate that he never lost momentum when he was getting held up. He just kept the momentum going. When the run came, she just went whoosh. I thought that was that was an outstanding win, and it'll go through its grades. Often those midway winners don't find their level. I don't think this horse has found its level level yet. And the third one for me, just, um, so I get the right horse. But Dave was fearless, majestic. Now spoke to Gary Nixon after the race. It's going to go to the um, to the festival festival stakes, which is the week after the gong, fifteen hundred. I know it looked like it had, it, it, needed, it was almost done at fourteen, but you know that could be a nice race for a horse like it, and it absolutely flies at Rose Hill. So Felix Majestic, the final one. All right, boys. Uh, great to talk with you on this Monday. Go and enjoy the rest of your week. Of course, we said it's Hunter Week. It's Thousand Guineas as well on Saturday. Look forward to seeing you back on Sky One, Gator. Look forward to all your commitments on Sky Thoroughbred Central Duff this week. And uh, Chris, we'll catch you on Thursday and Friday for your segments on Sky Sports Radio. No problems, mate. See you. Great work. See you, guys.